Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today, we're talking certified cost or pricing data, a topic inspired by some training available to Skyway members. And this episode is brought to you, of course, by Skyway Acquisition. You can learn more at skywaymember.com. All right, let's get started. We're talking certified cost or pricing data today, and we've had some previous episodes about this topic, but unfortunately, not everything that we talk about on the podcast is timeless. (laughs) Sometimes things change, and this is one of those things. The threshold has changed. Thought it was worth going back, recovering the topic for you. Before we jump into this, Kevin, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to Michael Klein. He's in Sacramento, California. Michael is a sales intern at CrowdStrike. It's a software security company. I want to thank Michael for a recent podcast feedback call. He shared how he found our podcast, how he uses our podcast to better understand the government's buying process, so he's better positioned to serve his government customer. Podcasting lets us reach lots of people, but we have no idea (laughs) who they are. When folks like Michael take the time to set up a call and give me their feedback, we we learn, or I learn, how to make our podcast even better or even more useful for everyone. And thank you, Michael, for helping us continue to make government contracting better one contract at a time. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. I'll start by saying I recently led a training session about certified cost or pricing data, and a lot of the content for this podcast comes from that. So I know I'm not teaching you, Kevin, because you you know most of this stuff or maybe maybe all this stuff better than I do. But you'll be doing a lot of talking today. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't let it turn into a lecture. (laughs) So first, what is cost or pricing data? It's all facts that a prudent buyer or seller would reasonably expect to affect price negotiations significantly. Now, that's not like something that I would say. That's that's a far kind of statement. Important thing is it's it's facts. It's not judgmental. It it's things that are verifiable. The data that forms the basis of your cost estimate. The accuracy of your judgment may be questioned of what you're making these decisions based on, but the data that you're making the decisions based upon has to be verifiable. Yeah, and we're not just talking historical accounting data here. Cost and pricing data is all. Also, the, the other things that you know that may impact your estimate of future costs. If you know, for instance, that you're going to be moving into a new building in the future, like six months from now, and your lease costs are going to go up, or you're going to be downsizing out of a building into a smaller space and your lease costs are going down, that is cost or pricing data that's verifiable that, that you know is going to affect the price significantly. The big thing is it may not have impacted it yet, but you know it's going to. And, it, and what's making you know that is verifiable. Yeah. <laughs> so we're back to that verifiable piece. Yeah. Other examples of cost or pricing data are vendor quotes, um, non-recurring costs. If you know that you're going to, instead of buying 100 widgets that, that are a part of the product that you make, you have a lot more orders. So next time you're going to buy 10,000 widgets and therefore get a a quantity uh, price discount, that is cost or pricing data that goes into your your bid and it it counts. We already talked about 
projections of, of how your business is going to change and or operations costs are going to change, how, how that future looking stuff also counts as data. The learning curve counts, labor efficiency. If, if a year from now you think you'll be able to build these for 10% less per unit. Or if you decide you're not going to build them anymore. You decided that someone else can make them cheaper than you or more efficiently or whatever, the, the, more advantageously, right? And so now you know that it's going to be a different cost because you're not making it anymore. That's something that goes into, into the projection. Right. When we were building 100 of these, we built this part in-house. Now that we're building 10,000 of these, we can have someone else build that part for much less, right? There you go. This, these are all examples of cost or pricing data. So then we get to the magic word, certified. Why do I have to certify? Why, why does the it's government- It's like a four-letter word. Yeah. Why does the government make me certify that my cost or pricing data is accurate? The problem is when the government doesn't have competition. There's no one competing with you for this work. So how can they know that your price is a fair price without seeing you know, behind the curtain, under the rug, you know, <laughs> whatever you want to call it? This is a unique government solution. Certified cost or pricing data is, is not something that you would see very often <laughs> in the, in the uh, private sector. Often, the closest, very often, you'd never yeah, see it. The, the closest metaphor I can use to explain this is when you're going to the bank and you're saying, I want to borrow money because we're going to have this amount of sales over the next 10 years and I need to build a new factory to, to deliver that. The assumptions that you're making that you're going to be able to sell a lot more than you did this year. What are those assumptions based on? Well, I don't think the bank even makes you certify to them. <laughs> they just have to believe you, right? It's, so it's that kind of mindset. But instead of saying, do you think you're right? The government's saying, you must be right. You got to sign this form saying that, yes, this is accurate. Yeah, this is industry's promise to the government that they're being truthful regarding all the costs that form, form the basis of their proposal for, for a particular negotiation. So we deal with cost or pricing data all the time. That keyword is certified, and that gives that, <laughs> that gives special meaning to it. You have to sign a certificate of current cost or pricing data, and this is our FAR reference for the day. This is in FAR, FAR 15.406-2, and I'm going to paraphrase because it's really long. But the certificate of cost or pricing data says, this is to certify that, to the best of my knowledge and belief, the cost or pricing data submitted to the contracting officer in support of, insert this negotiation here, yeah, are <laughs> accurate, complete, and current as of, and then you insert a date. Then you seal it in blood. Exactly. We did a separate episode of accurate, complete, and current. The, the, you you got to understand what those terms mean too. The point here is, like you said, sign in blood, this is accurate. So when do you have to sign in blood? <laughs> what situations require certification? It's based on the value of the contract or the value of the change, right? It, it's, it it's only applies if there are no exceptions and the contract is the contract change we're making is over $2 million. So this is not for small dollar stuff. Right. It, it generally happens during sole source negotiations. So award of a, of a negotiated contract on a sole source basis it also applies for the award of a subcontract at any tier if the, the prime contractor and each higher tier sub has to submit certified cost or pricing data. If your subcontract, if 
your piece of this pie is over $2 million and there's no exceptions and everybody above you has to certify, then you have to certify. It also applies to modifications of negotiated contracts or subcontracts, regardless of whether certified cost or pricing data was originally required. Say the original contract award was a result of a competition, so you didn't have to certify your cost or pricing data. Then there's a change, engineering change proposal that, that is over $2 million. Now you're going to have to certify because there's no competition in that engineering change proposal. It also applies to task orders for the same reasons you just described, and even delivery orders. Yeah, yeah. The initial the initial indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity, IDIQ, MAC, whatever, might have been placed based, might have been awarded based on competition. Now there's a sole source task order you got to certify. So that's what situations drive you to certify. But when do you have to certify? When, when do you have to sign your name? From the FAR, says all facts that uh, as of the date of price agreement or if applicable, an earlier date agreed upon between the parties that is as close as practicable to the date of agreement on price. That's what you're certifying to. You're certifying to the facts as of the date that you're agreeing to is when you're certifying to. So it's pick a day, and this is, this is where the line is drawn. And that may be the date that negotiations close. That's usually the case. It may be a few days earlier than that, because what happens here is once you agree to a price, you've negotiated between the government and the contractor, yes, this is the price based on all this data. Then the contractor, in order to certify, has to do what's usually called a sweep. This is where you, you go back through and you check all your quotes and you check all of your indirect rates and all of the inputs that went into that price proposal or cost proposal, and you say, these are all correct. Sometimes things change. You find out that a vendor price changed or your indirect rates changed, and that's going to impact the price. So you may have to update your price and the government may have to update it based on that. So you may pick a few days prior to the date that negotiations closed as your certification date so that you can get the process done. I've, I've, I've seen that happen where the, the date on the certificate was two days prior to the date that we actually closed negotiations. And, th and that was fine. Because there may have been some random things that happened in those 48 hours <laughs> that we didn't want the contractor to be responsible for. As a matter of practice, the date that you're certifying to is the date that you close negotiations. And it's right on the cer certificate that you have to sign. Accurate, complete, and current as of pick a date. And, and for those of you who want to read the actual cert, it's in FAR 15406-2, word for word. Yeah, have fun with that. <laughs> we should circle back real quick, Kevin, to when does certified cost or pricing data not apply? When do you not have to certify? We talked about if there's no exceptions and it's over $2 million, these are the exceptions. The first one is if it's at or below the simplified acquisition threshold, which is 250000 as of the end of August. So in other words, if it's less than $2 million, okay, that was easy. End also, of August, the end of August 2020, in case, oh. in case someone's listening. Fair enough. In case you're listening to this way down the line. In 2030. Right. <laughs> wow. Another scenario is when there's adequate price competition. 
where we talked about this does not apply when there's competition. It's likely to apply if it's over $2 million and there's no competition. But right out of the gate, if you have competition, certified cost or pricing data does not apply. Another scenario is if it's a commercial item that's being acquired as a commercial contract or subcontract under FAR Part 12. By definition, the price has been tested because it's been exposed to the market, to the commercial market. Ergo, you effectively have competition out in the real, out in the real world. We keep calling it real world, out in, out in the non-government world. So right. you don't need to have certified cost of pricing data. Yeah, you also don't have to certify when, if you're modifying a commercial contract or subcontract. Correct. Bonus. And, and then my favorite, here's the, the rap all, when a waiver has been granted by the head of contracting activity. <laughs> so in other words, if there's a random reason that the, that the government decides this is reasonable, well, not random, but there's a defined reason that somebody writes a few paragraphs about, then they, you can go forward without certified cost of pricing data. Yeah, right. that's pretty they, rare. Like you said, it's, it's head of contracting activity. That's somebody high up in the chain. So in order to waive it, you have to do a, a bunch of paperwork to get it approved. And like you said, yeah, right. it's not random. You have to have a real reason why you can say this is fair and reasonable and I don't need certified cost or pricing data. Getting the head of contracting activity to sign off on that, that like you said, it's not a, it's not a small task. <laughs> and I've done it. <laughs> it was not a small task remembering it now. You mentioned adequate price competition and, and the, the contracting officer makes a determination of whether there was adequate competition. If you have two or more priced offers from responsible offers that are competing independently, they're not like colluding, right? So they're actually competing. You have, I guess that's the definition of, of competition. Two or more people <laughs> independently competing go. for something, right? In another case, the contracting officer can conclude, it says reasonably concludes that competition was expected. And this doesn't apply everywhere, but but think about it. If there was a competition and everyone thought that two companies or three companies were bidding and submitted their proposals, and then all of all of the competitors except for one got tossed out of the competition for one reason or another, they, they submitted their proposal late or didn't comply with the RFP instructions, then there's only one left. But they submitted their proposal. They thought they were competing. So they submitted their best proposal up front. You wouldn't think you would need certified cost or pricing data in that situation because they're already submitting based on the expectation of competition. I think the wording for that is anticipated adequate price competition. I think I've written that into my, my documents before. Yeah, and that doesn't count everywhere, but it is a possibility. Remember that your certification is based on facts versus judgment. What you're certifying to doesn't apply to your estimate of future costs or your projections of those costs, only to the data that you're basing that estimate on. That, so it's, it's, a, it's a distinction, right, between the facts. It's a big one. Like quotes. It's an important one. And your judgment. You're held to those hard facts that your judgments are based upon. Now, your judgments, your future estimate is going to be wrong. Like your chance of getting it right to the penny, slim to none. Exactly. Pro probably none to none. But, but that, <laughs> that's why on cost-type contracts, they settle costs at contract closeout when you actually know the actual ones, right? But for fixed-price contracts as well, this is how the government gains confidence that they understand how much profit you're likely to make. Not... How efficiently are you going to execute on a fixed price contract in order to potentially make more? 
but just so upfront the government isn't getting snowed and signing up to something where you say, oh, it's going to cost a million dollars to do this, or sorry, it would have to be $2 million. (laughs) It's going to cost $2 million to do this, and you really know that it's only going to cost a million dollars. A contractor's responsibility for certifying that this is true isn't limited by a lack of personal knowledge. You can't yeah. you can't not look under the rock and exactly. then say I didn't know. That's that's not, that's not acceptable. It's expected and required that you have systems in place as a government contractor to ensure that accurate, complete and current data are used to build your price. You can't say, well, we didn't track that. So I didn't know that that was an inaccurate number. No, that's not the way it works. When would they when would they call the I didn't know card? If you get back to closeout and they say, hey, your approved rates were actually this and you negotiated based on these and you go, well, how was I supposed to know that DCAA had approved new rates for my company? I didn't know that. Well, it's your job to know that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Okay. On the government side, possession of a certificate of current cost or pricing data is not a substitute for actually examining and analyzing their cost or price proposal. It's not just, a, oh, well, they certified, so we're good. You know, you don't get a get out of jail free card. <laughs> you need to need to have an understanding of what did you actually negotiate to? Yeah, are, you still these, have to do your job. You can't just say, well, they certified, so I'm done. Let's link this to the acquisition time zones and execution time zones, Kevin, so that people know where in the process we are. This is at the very end of the selection zone in the, in the acquisition time zone side, right? So after everything has been negotiated, you certify, then the contract is signed, which moves you on to the execution time zones. During the performance zone, this is where you might have a change to the contract that you have to certify the cost or pricing data. And then at the very end, in the wrap-up zone, when you get to contract closeout, this is where you might find that when you're going back through all the numbers to verify everything, that you didn't have one of them correct in the first place, and that's where problems can start. If you're not familiar with the acquisition time zones, they're in episode number three, and the execution time zones are in episode number 84. All right, I think we've already given a good picture of why the, the certified part of certified cost or pricing data is important. Certifying is, is a part of the process of government contracting. And it can really add time to your award process. When you get down to the very end, you say, all right, we're negotiated. Let's sign the contract. Oh, no, we have to pause and go back through and make sure that everything, we spent six weeks negotiating this, and now I have to make sure that nothing changed during those six weeks exactly. that we were negotiating, right? And, and, and then you have to promise that it's all right, which just, that doesn't exist in the commercial world. So this process of certification increases schedule and cost for, for government and industry folks whenever a certification re- required. The, this, the time and energy to do this doesn't come for free. It's one of the many time vampires of doing doing contracts without competition is <laughs> you're, you're signing up to have to do this among other things. And it, it, you have to plan for it. It takes a while. Not only do you have to plan for it, my voice squeaked there, plan for it. <laughs> <laughs> How excited you are. Not only do you have to plan for it, but if you get it wrong. There's a big stick. Yeah, there's a big stick. You might have to pay it back 
FAR 15.407-1 is defective certified cost or pricing data. So if after award, it's found that you your data was inaccurate, incomplete, or not current, the government is entitled to a price adjustment, including the profit or fee that you negotiated for those costs. They're not just entitled to recovery of any overpayments, but also interest on the overpayments, and it could be penalties as well. And this is usually uncovered through audit. Like if the if the contracting officer calls in the uh, if in the Department of Defense, the def- DCA Defense Contract Audit Agency to review a proposal. That's that's usually when it's found out because you have to get way down in the weeds to find out whether or not the the data was inaccurate, incomplete, or or not current. It's also good to know that if your subcontractors submit defective pricing and you're the prime contractor, your prime contract price may be adjusted downward, even if you never had access to those certified costs. They might have submitted the data directly to the government. And the government might have found out later through an audit that it's wrong. And then your contract price goes down. It, which it, means your fee goes down. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> and it, et cetera. It's a, yeah. It's a bad thing. All right. Government side, specifically, why, why should the government pay attention to certification? When you don't have competition, you need some kind of an open kimono strategy to be able to see behind the curtain, see what yeah. their actual prices are. It, it, this is required yeah. <laughs> when you're on contracts over 2 million. So there's, we're back to that's it's what the FAR says. But you think about what you're doing is you're trying to say, I as a contracting officer and signing up to this price as being reasonable, even without competition, because, well, this is a lot of the because. Here's yeah. the catch. What's the, the Spider-Man rule? With great power comes great responsibility, okay? The effort that that cert adds to the cost of, of doing business with the government contractors, it, it can be immense. And, and it's just not the effort to certify, but also to track those costs and, and make sure they're correct yeah, it's the it's not just the the cost of going back and checking to make sure everything. It's the cost of all the systems that that you have to have in order <laughs> exactly. to track everything and and to enable you to make sure that it is accurate, complete, and current. As a contracting officer, be very careful with this on small businesses because this is this could be a foreign concept. Yeah, Put small businesses whole- don't have to do it by by rule, but. When small businesses first transition to becoming large businesses and suddenly they're required to do this, they may not yet have all of these systems and, and tracking in place they need to do it. Yeah, I guess I meant, what I meant by that was the small larges. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that just, be, they're like yeah. 15.1 million in revenue, all of a sudden they're a large business. But regardless, don't take this lightly because the, the contractor, the, the person certifying the cert, the person's name is on there, they're taking it seriously. Yeah, the person who's signed in blood is is definitely taking it seriously. That which which flips us right to the industry folks. Why does industry care? Because they're the ones that have to sign and they're the ones that are going to pay the penalties if this goes wrong, right? Industry folks, don't get caught flat-footed, especially if if like you said, if you've just transitioned from small to large business, this is something you have to be ready for. I've mentioned before that I had, as a contracting officer, I had one where there was defective pricing and it was a $35,000 bill that the contractor had to pay back to the government because they weren't accurate, complete, and current. So it, imagine getting a, going to your boss and saying, hey, we owe the government 35 grand because I screwed this up. <laughs> that, that's not a good feeling. This is sort of one drawback industry. If, if, if you, you don't want to compete so you're shaping, you're targeting and shaping the government to award to you on a sole source basis. Now 
you're probably going to have to certify your cost or pricing data, which is which is more work. Maybe not more work than than submitting a competitive proposal, but it's it's you, you got to know it, right? Yeah. For industry, the 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 cost is in the compliance systems that allow you to certify. This is why procurement and subcontracting and all this, that is important, right? You have to have vendor quotes and subcontracts that you can then certify to being accurate and current complete months and months later in in a in the case of a large negotiation, right? It's not something that just happens magically. It's something that has to be planned for and managed up front. And staffed for. Be be ready for this. It matters. It counts. This certified cost or pricing data thing, it isn't something that small businesses are focused on. For simplified acquisitions, it's not going to enter the picture. But it's important enough for big programs, big changes, again, $2 million or more, that we have multiple podcasts on it. So if you want more depth, check out the Accurate, Current, and Complete podcast as well. And with that, I'll talk to you later, Kevin. All right. I'll see you, Paul. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoy our podcast, we invite you to check out the Skyway community at skywaymember.com. The Skyway community is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, running, or growing their business in the GovCon world. We speak GovCon. Skyway members get access to training like certified cost or pricing data and also real-time consulting with Skyway's team of contracting officers. To learn more, call us at 877-884-5280 or skywaymember.com. We'll see you next week.